Greetings. This is Coach Jackie with Uzazi Podcast. Today, I'm going to continue with the topic on rules. We are talking about writing rules for your children. Um, there are four essential characteristics of a rule. Um, we say that um, a rule needs to be necessary, it ought to be fair, it should be clear, and it certainly must be enforceable. If it is not enforceable, then there is no point of having a rule. And to make a rule enforceable, we combine it with uh, a consequence, uh, a consequence that is clear to both the child and yourself. Um, so let's begin by looking at how to make or how to make sure that a rule is necessary. In essence, you need a rule whenever there is difficult, uh, problematic, or unacceptable behavior that needs to change. If, for example, you have a child who skips school twice in a year, it's really not the same level of problem behavior as one who skips school on a weekly basis. If um, uh, a teenager or any other child fails to do their homework one or two nights in the school term, it is not the same as um, they are consistently failing to turn in homework every day or every time that homework is given. So the yardstick to measure the need is frequency and intensity. Ask yourself, how often does the behavior occur? And how big a problem is the behavior when it does occur? Or what are the potential consequences of creating a habit of this kind of behavior? Behaviors that occur frequently and are intense or have potentially big impact are good candidates for modification through rules. The second essential characteristic of a rule is that it should be fair. Um, it's, it, it's quite normal for children to say, ah, it's not fair whenever you want to introduce a rule or you reprimand them in one way or another. And by that, they mean that's not the way I want it to be. This is not the fairness that I mean when I talk about the rules that you're creating for your children. When it comes to rules, a fair rule is something that the child is capable of doing. If you set a rule for cleaning uh, one's bedroom, for example, you cannot expect the same standard from a four-year-old as you can from a 14-year-old. A fair rule is also one which fits within the bounds of common sense. So setting a rule like you have to study for four hours every night or every school night is, is really beyond the bounds of common sense. I mean, once when a teenager or a child comes home after seven or eight hours in school, you really should not expect them to sit down and put in another four hours of study. A rule can also be judged to be fair if it touches on behavior that directly affects the rights of others and is therefore for the common good. Of course, fairness depends on your perspective. So, for example, this question of whether or not a child's uh, 
bedroom, which is considered to be personal space, ought to be uh, tidy. Um, this is a rule that could be considered to be fair because the bedroom is part of the rest of the house that everyone shares. And um, an unkempt bedroom could be an ISO, not to mention that it could actually also be a health and safety risk. But if you really don't care about whether or not this room is, is, is tidy or untidy, then don't make a rule about it. And, and this is why I say that fairness could also be um, a question of what your perspective is. So look at the different children or the different ages and the different circumstances to determine whether or not a rule is uh, fair. And it's also important for your children to understand that with more freedom come uh, more choices and more responsibility to make appropriate choices. That is why you as an adult may choose, for example, may choose whether to have a drink or not, but your 13-year-old doesn't have uh, that choice. So you can make a rule about, about that, even if you yourself sometimes... Uh, may have a, a, a glass of wine and so the rule may not appear fair to the teenager but they don't have the same rights and responsibilities as you do another characteristic of a good rule is that it must be clear if it's not clear it's difficult or it may not be effective and the best way to be clear is to use words that describe behavior. And we mentioned this in, in part one of uh, this podcast about rules for our children. To explain this, I'm going to give an example. Say you say to your 15-year-old daughter, never go out with a boy you don't know. Now, this may appear to be clear, but it's really subject to interpretation in this way. Never is fine. I mean, never means never. Uh, go out. Go out. Does that mean that the boy, if the boy comes home, it's okay? And what about a boy you don't know? How do you define a boy that you know? If, 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 if your daughter meets a boy today and they get introduced and they know each other's, each other's name, and uh, they exchange a few um, details about their lives, would you classify that as a boy that your daughter knows or doesn't know? With this unclear rule, your daughter may invite boys that she really doesn't know to the house, and technically speaking, they wouldn't be breaking the rule. And teenagers are very good at looking for loopholes that allow them to interpret, uh, to interpret a, a rule to their own advantage. And, and so the easiest way to avoid misinterpretation is to write the rule simply and clearly. We already talked about the fact that rules ought to be enforceable. We know that the mere fact of having a rule will not necessarily change behavior. We have rules about speed limits all over the place and how many people uh, break, those, um, break those rules, except when they get caught. So when they know 
um, that there is a section of the road where they have been caught before or they are likely to be caught, then they will be more careful about the speed. So it's the same with our children. They need consistent sanctions um, so that they understand that there are consequences to the rule and that the consequences will apply consistently. If you're not able to enforce a rule, then do not create a rule. Do not create the rule. It's also important for you to choose the language that you use for writing rules um, carefully. A rule can be necessary, fair, clear, and enforceable, but still not uh, hold up. Uh, there are some important guidelines to follow when writing rules so that you um, avoid failure before you even begin. One of the things to avoid is constructing a rule using accusatory or demeaning language. Directive like, because you're such a pig, always clean up your room, or since we can't trust you, you have to come home immediately after school. Uh, these are really disrespectful, and they do nothing to build a positive relationship between you and your child. Authoritarian language in a rule is also very likely to invite a power struggle, and um, this is especially true if you have uh, teenagers, but applies for all children. So having rules that include words like you will, you shall, or you must will only invite uh, rebellion. Plain, simple language, sh being short to the point and focusing on one behavior that you want to see changed and nothing else is really the way to go. Um, another thing, another two words to look out for are always and never. Use them by all means, but only use them when you mean exactly that. So you can say to your, to your child, never go out without an adult. Of course, this applies at a, at a certain age, but don't use the word never in situations where uh, it really doesn't it doesn't really hold up or that you will not be able to enforce. So let's pause here and uh, maybe do a, a little exercise or consider a little exercise that might help you with uh, beginning to create rules for your children. Um, Begin by making a list of problems that you're having with your child, um, especially, you know, if you have got teenagers, uh, there will probably be a, a lot of things that you consider to be problem behaviors. Um, then look at the list and consider the frequency and intensity of each problem that you have listed. How often does the problem behavior occur, which is the frequency? And how big a problem is it? What is the intensity or what is the potential impact of that behavior? At this point, you're likely to find that there are some behaviors on that list that you can cross off. Because remember, we said that uh, it's pointless writing rules for behaviors that occur only occasionally. And it's also not a good idea to have too many rules that you have to track and monitor. Now look at the behaviors that you have left. These are the behaviors that we, 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 we consider or that you consider to be frequent and 
that have um, high intensity or high impact and then construct a rule with a set consequence for non-compliance. That is a rule for each of these behaviors. Remembering the criteria, is it necessary, is it fair, is it clear, and is it enforceable? If it fails on any of these four criteria, then it is a good idea for you to rewrite it. Once you have written down these rules, you can take this exercise further and sit down with your teenager and explain your concerns about the behavior and then ask for your teenager's input. In the previous podcast, we suggested that having your child contribute to the construction of the rules will increase the chances that they will abide by those rules. And then begin uh, enforcing the rules. I would be very happy to hear what your experiences are around creating rules for your children, uh, monitoring them, and the impact that uh, the rules have on the problem behaviors that you are trying to correct. Before I finish, I also just want to talk about um, guidelines as an alternative to rules. There are some behaviors where you can create a rule that meets all the criteria except the one of um, enforcement. And some of these rules are related to matters of the heart or, um, you know, let's say, for example, issues to do with the hairstyle that your, that your child, especially your teenager, may decide to to keep to keep this is a situation where you could consider having guidelines as opposed to a rule and so you can agree with your teenager or you can suggest to your teenager that they can keep their hair long for example as long as it's always clean or they can uh, use a certain hairstyle as long as they pay for it from their pocket money. So consider certain situations where you would do better with guidelines, which means setting some limits for your child rather than having a set rule. Thank you.